coming to you live from uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm still podcasting, even though I'm on vacation. Uh, I had nationwide feedback on our Friday Night Live series. People are enjoying it, want to know how the season turned out. I thought we'd bring on a couple of moms and see what their perspective of that magical season was. So joining me today is uh, Scott Erickson's mom, uh, Mrs. Peggy Erickson, and then my mom, Sherry DeLay. And, uh, yeah, I think my mom really, really enjoys these podcasts that brings back great old memories uh, with Doug and uh, Joe Gitch from the play-by-play. just kind of takes you back to a, a time many years ago that we all enjoyed. I do have to give a shout-out to my buddy Nelson England from Illinois. He's a young hustler, 27 years old, and done really well for himself in the cattle deal. And he said he prefers not to listen to my high school football career. So, Nelly. First up, Peggy Erickson. You gave birth to the most talented and athletic athlete in Jefferson Scranton Patriot in history. Was that Nick? And you got your son's personality too. Was <laughs> that Nick? That's funny. I love it. That's a good comeback. Really good. Talk to us about his his blown knee and how proud it made you that he scored the winning touchdown against Harlan. So yeah, they were undefeated at the time, two time state champs and and old Scott, with all the uh, health troubles that he had, he punched in the end zone. Yeah, that had to make you a proud, proud mom. Well, I tell you, that was a very exciting night, led up to, of course, by the enthusiasm that the whole community had for the team. Yep. I mean, it, it was sparked at some point, which I'm not sure exactly when. Was it the first win of the season? I'm not sure. But the community all came together, the mothers especially, we started out um, making little mini-me's of all the football players. Uh, Jan Barry, Gene Fox, and I made the first wood cutout of each varsity player. We had their names and their numbers on it, little mini-me's for their yards. Um, that was a tradition that started and I think still goes today. Um, Lori Dower designed a T-shirt in Bill We Trust, and it depicted Coach Kibbe on a dollar bill. We sold so many we had to reorder the shirt. And, of course, the mothers then, we would put on skits at the pep rally, trying to just be a part of the excitement of what was going on with the team. The team was they had built so much momentum. Just the way they played football, everybody was excited for them. We played Harlan. Yeah, Denison ahead of that. I think I told Scott I thought that the quarterback was an Amazon seven foot tall. Can I say that you're a better storyteller than Scott Erickson and John Minahan are? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was exciting really times. I mean, just keep, keep it rolling. Whatever you, wherever you want to tell we, the story. We had that. We did that memorable skit that I don't know. I said to Scott, "This has got to be your your football song." It was, are you ready for some football? All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight from Hank Williams, Jr. We did that skit. Marsha Tassler dressed up like Hank Williams, Jr., and I, I know Kate, Katie Towers played Joe Getch. We had Doug Reeder, um, Rick Moraine. <laughs> was that you guys' pep rally? But I don't know. Yeah, I think there is video of those skits on VHS. Yeah, I just remember... I just remembered the skits. Um, though they were done in the night before the games, before Denison, before Harlan, before we went to the dome, and and we we came up with new lyrics to these songs. 
We also, I, I think they made um, T-shirts of Who Would Have Thunk It, which is what um, Joe Gibbs said. And I think they made T-shirts of those. And those T-shirts were, like like Ted said, everybody wanted one. You know, it was just a community that came together to support these boys. And the thing is, you could tell we had more people at the Harlem game than the Harlem people. And same with going to the Unidome. I mean, there was there was probably more people than are in the whole town of Jefferson at the Unidome game from from JSPC. I mean, it was just an unbelievable following in support behind you in that season. It was just incredible. So from the podcast series, did you learn anything new, Mom? Uh, did you know that me and Scott and Johnny like to drink a few barley pops or anything else? Well, I learned that Scott played the entire season with no ACL. I did not know that. I mean, I knew he was injured, but I didn't know to that extent. Yes, and you also said that uh, you weren't aware that Ryan Mortensen had passed away a few years back. So that's kind of the the sad part of this story for sure. But thank you, Mom, for uh, saving these tapes and and um, creating this podcast. There's no digital uh, way of saving those things back then. Like, I literally had to spend two or three hours to find a, a, a cassette player to listen to the audio. <laughs> And uh, I I still haven't found a VCR to to watch the games. But uh, anyways, yeah, pretty cool that we're able to kind of rehash it. And my kiddos from 20 or 30 years, well, just not even that long. But whenever they get old enough to realize the conversation pieces, they'll be pretty interesting to hear old Grandma, Sherry, and uh, old Dad, Matt, uh, talk about uh, some of these old events for sure. Well, one thing I remember that, you know, at the Harlan game especially, Harlan was done that crowd would not leave the stand you know they they could not believe we were celebrating on their field a victory and they just would not leave I think they might have had to shut the lights out I don't know but man we were all on cloud nine and we didn't want to leave either (laughs) yeah I do remember that I remember that we were just celebrating and we didn't want to leave because everybody was just so elated by the win, and I think they did. I think they finally had to say, you know, JSPC, it's time to go home. <laughs> Please go home. <laughs> I, I love I love Doug's quote. Um, actually, it was, I think it was Joe. Joe Gitch was saying that he felt like him and Doug driving back to Jefferson that night that they just floated home. Like it, it didn't even feel real. It was that way for all of us. It was just incredible. I mean, who would, who would have thunk it? <laughs> okay, girls, in your best football analysis, why did we suck at the beginning of the year and then get pretty decent at the end? It was well, just probably all the hard work. Yes. The work, the work ethic. Attitude, maybe. Coming the together as a team. Know, yeah. Had to. Yeah. yeah. The, the community and the mom support. Oh, yeah, mom power. Whoop, whoop. We came together as a team and, and got some lifelong friends. Yeah, me and Scotty and Johnny were all buddies before this. Johnny actually works with my wife to this day, and, and me, of course, uh, putting embryos out of our Margot cow and other donors that we have. He actually raised the reserve grand champion steer at the uh, Michigan Livestock Expo a couple years back for Alyssa Borson. So good job, Johnny.
Yeah. I think it solidifies your friendship probably forever. <laughs> so, Peggy Erickson, tell me what's your best memory or just best, uh, when you think back about it, what, what do you remember the most? When the team came out on that uh, Unidome floor, it just was such a moment having those boys come out on that field, had gotten to the spot, had gotten to the Unidome. And just stepping foot out there knowing that they were going to play that game, the emotional yep. roller coaster from that moment on. John Minahan is so nervous about this story because he still lives in Green County, and he just worries that people think we're trying to brag about ourselves 23 years ago. But honestly, just you, you ladies and the passion that you're showing right now so many years later, and Mr. Kitty talked to him, me and Scott talked to him last night on the phone, and then Doug Reeder and Joe Gitch, it just shows – just how lucky you were just to experience everything, even the losses at the beginning of this season. Just how lucky you were to experience this run and the rags to riches story that it was. So, Scott, the dome and stuff, it was unlike any other atmosphere that we'd ever played on. It was so freaking loud inside that dome stadium with that many people. I don't remember what they estimated the crowd would be, but it was just like your body would shake whenever the crowd would roar. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> what did you look up? I mean, there's, there's pictures that even show it, too, that that whole side was just red. You guys went up there and tailgated. How was that? Was that like a college football game, or was it, how soon did you tailgate with that day? Um, yeah, it was kind of like a college football game because we were all so excited to be at the Unidome. And, yeah, it's – you know, we we did our tailgating out in the parking lot before the game, and and it was you know it's just an unbelievable feeling to think that we were there. We were there at the Unidome. So that was the the end result of a hard fought season. I mean, you guys did such a fabulous job to to get there. I mean, that's that's the the pride. You know, as a mom, it's like wow, they made it. They did it. Can you just briefly, with Peggy, tell the story about how you guys rallied the support to send us to Australia? That might be something to to be. Oh, yes. That was so much fun. I think it was actually Peggy's idea to get the game um, involved that was with the Peyton Chardin 80s champions. The the three boys that were reached out to was John Minihan, you, and Scott. And um, to go to Australia, so we thought, well, let's let's do a fundraiser. And who better than to play the champions, <laughs> 1985 or six? Uh, well, one of the guys came and played in um, cowboy boots, I remember, because he said that's all that's all he'd had on his feet since he graduated high school. So he played in his cowboy boots. And and once again, the community was so involved. Everybody came. PC hadn't had football on that field, I don't know how many years, you know, that they hadn't had football. So I, I think about the pictures of that event and the pictures of when you guys played football. Um, there were two people that uh, Jim Dobbindeck took pictures, photos, that he set out on tables and any mother, parent, whatever, could go along and pick up uh, photos of their kids. And he he just was the unassigned photographer of the team. I do I do want to say one thing. Thank you very much for doing such an awesome job of cataloging the season. Those pictures that you 
saved and the audio that you had put on the audio tapes has made this podcast truly entertaining. You've always been a great mom, mom. But uh, thank you very much for doing. Thank you very much for doing that. I mean, it's just it's made this podcast really fun for all of us. I'm just glad that I I kept all of that. Like I said, during for that season, I kept everything that I could get my hands on. I'm really glad I did. Well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll keep this short, but can't wait to present the uh, uh, episode five here in a few days. Amazing feedback on this. Not just not just Green County. Uh, I bet I've gotten calls and texts from probably 13 states so far. It's a unique story of overcoming odds and just little farm kids coming together and overcoming some big odds. That's pretty cool.